to enter a nexus of science, violence, and nonsense. Where fake news, pseudoscience, and weaponized stupidity meet full contact fact-checking and peer-reviewed ass-kicking. And as always, no bullshit allowed. Recorded live at Mosquito Headquarters in Austin, Texas. This is the Art of Fighting BS podcast. Brain chips in the trick. Chocolate lines up planetarily with the sun. Necessarily rewarding. You are fake news. Come on, science is interesting. If you don't agree, you can fuck off. Let's do this. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the very next episode of the official Art of Fighting BS podcast. I am your subcompetent host, Sub Messenger. This show starring Frost, Fuck, JNP, and our very, very special guest, Shogun. Shogun. Jason Murphy. <laughs> Jason Murphy, who you know as the better half of the very popular internet show, The Modern Rogue. Hi, uh, glad to be here. I've actually uh, been a fan of Bushido, Bushido, uh, and Bushido, <laughs> both of those things uh, for a while. I was uh, talking to you guys out in the uh, the kitchen. Uh, you you guys have been at this. That's uh, you're battle hardened. We're old. Yeah, just old, and <laughs> creaky, and you know, achy. And you guys already did the whole interview while I. While yeah, I was we here. we pretty much <laughs> all our good stuff got not recorded. So, but you have to take your measurements. All right, so. Tell us a bit about yourself, right? Or uh, Jason, sorry. <laughs> oh, that's okay. No, no, uh, it happens all the time. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I'm i a writer. Uh, I've got a couple of uh, novels, uh, some screenplays and what have you, nothing people have seen. Uh, and I've uh, been doing uh, Modern Rogue for a while. I have a background in tech, actually, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, server and storage farms and stuff like that and some software engineering and uh, and then I decided to quit all that and leave it behind and blow stuff up on the internet with one of my best. <laughs> yes. So how does that happen? How did you go from you know doing what you did before to making modern? Oh well, uh, I'd actually known Brian since the '90s, uh, late '90s, uh, when I moved to Austin, <clears throat> and Brian was just getting started with his uh, magic, uh, and we both worked at a big uh, computer company at the same time, and we had uh, mutual friends and so forth, and. Uh, uh, after, after, uh, you know, we hung out you know, for decades and all that. And then, uh, at one point Brian said, Hey, we got uh, somebody who wants to, uh, wants me to pitch a television show. Uh, do you want to help? And I was like, yeah, 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 I'll help. And that, uh, you know, after a few years that finally came to fruition, uh, with hacking the system, it's a TV show that, uh, Brian hosted. And I was, I was the, the goofus to his gallant. I was the idiot friend uh, on the show that uh, we had 10 episodes and two specials on Nat Geo. And then afterwards, uh, Brian was like, hey, uh, I want to keep doing this. We still had a lot of material that didn't make it onto the show. And so, yeah, we just started doing Modern Rogue. And then after a while, it kind of took over for me anyway. Brian's, you know, had his many projects with Scam Nation and, and all that and his podcast and everything. But I was, I was like, okay, yeah, uh, I'm going to quit my uh, software job and just do this full time. And uh yeah, here we are. So it's uh okay, every every week how can we come up with something that is uh exciting, informational, uh that also won't get us arrested or killed. <laughs> <laughs> and and tell our uh amazing audience where they can find you. Oh, yes, I'm sorry. Uh youtube.com/modernrogue. Uh uh yeah, that's that's where the bulk of our uh our stuff is we've got our discord and all that so so um for for those who may not be familiar i think uh one of one of my favorite episodes ever of the modern rogue was where you guys are doing the uh the ghost chaser busting oh yeah i love that one uh that's very near and dear to my heart what happened was we we went out and uh we went to the uh wizard academy which i don't know if you guys have been out to yeah beautiful place out uh, by uh uh, salt lake uh right across from salt lake uh out in the southwest legendary barbecue joint and uh we went out there and and, uh they're they're friends of the show and everything and we went out there and we did a ghost hunt with uh all the tools and everything our device actually said ghost hunter uh, or ghost detector or some <laughs> nonsense on it and uh so we did we we gave ourselves up to it you know we were trying to be scared we were trying to use all the tools and everything and it actually 
irritated a bunch of our fans at first because they didn't watch the whole thing. They thought we were just oh. buying in and being ghost hunters. <laughs> and then at the end, we described, okay, well, here's what this probably was. Here's why the ghost detector was going off near the router, yeah. moron. It's not a ghost. <laughs> it's Wi-Fi, you know, that kind of thing. And uh, we, we kind of broke down a little bit of the pseudoscience and the tools that were used. We didn't attack, hey, there are no ghosts, you know, anything like that, whatever. Just wanted to attack the tools. And so we kind of broke down that. But a lot of our fans in watching it uh, at first got mad when they didn't finish it because they thought we were we had sold out. Now we were charlatans. <laughs> get on to the dark side. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. It, it was really a slow con to get there. It was, yeah. yeah. And I, I want to do more of those, you know. Uh, we're trying to, right now we're trying to do one, another Halloween one where we uh, go on a Sasquatch hunt. Uh, uh, we're trying to find a Central Texas uh, expert, a Squatch expert, which, you know, I guess is... Uh, well, down here it would be what El Chupacabra, right? I think those are a separate uh, distinction. Uh, we there was a legend of a Bigfoot in the Big Thicket at one point that I remember hearing about. Oh yeah, there's, yeah. There's some areas in Far East Texas that supposedly have had some Bigfoot sightings, and then of course you know uh, west of here, adjacent to Louisiana, uh, Harry Man Road, up in Brushy Creek. Yeah, apparently. I believe there's some been around uh, here as well. Although it was decades ago, at yeah. that point, if I recall correctly. Yeah, yeah. There's too much development. We've we've driven the squatch out of its natural habitat <laughs> of the central. Texas. It was Austin. It was probably country. just Leslie. You know, <laughs> just <laughs> Leslie. He's still alive. He's just, he's just bad. Us cryptids just really became a lot better at uh, depilating ourselves, getting rid of all the hair. <laughs> Nair. <laughs> but I, I think it's interesting. Us is going quite well. Thank you. <laughs> I like that method, even though it pisses off uh, your your viewers and your your followers and stuff like that, which I'm always game to do, obviously. Uh, but I've never noticed that about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um getting past people's preconceived notions about things so you're yeah you're gonna you might piss off the followers but the people that are just stumbling on your your video and like oh well, yeah their their idea that hey this is all real and they're like they're into it and they're into it and they're into it and then you reveal that's that's great for getting you know coming at it sideways and like maybe yeah. you know you pick off some of those people into back into a reality well, well let me ask you this you guys have been doing this a really long time so uh and this is I don't want to get political or anything, but this Please is don't. <laughs> yeah. no, this is important to like uh, today's climate and everything. Cause I have realized that, man, you're not going to change anybody's mind in a lot of cases, no matter what your tactic is, but that's your thing. So how, how so, do you, how do you do that? Cause people don't like being made fun of or yell that when they're wrong. What my, my personal approach. And I, I can't say that this applies to everybody else. Cause I'm, you know, I'm a very disagreeable person. <laughs> so uh, it's like it, the, the saying that I use is like, you don't argue with an idiot for an idiot. You argue for the audience. So don't argue uh, with an idiot without an audience. So you're arguing, arguing for the people that are on the fence, uh, in the stands, okay. just like a real debate. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not going back and forth with that guy for that guy's benefit. You're going back and forth for the people that are watching the debate. Yeah. And so the same thing applies to social media. So you're going at it. You're, you're scoring points, but there are a lot of people that are just like, well, I don't really know about this. So you have to do it in a way that they benefit from. Okay. Well, and, I, I want to tell you, I, I don't think that technique works. Uh, okay. I don't think that technique works at all because you guys are clearly failing. The, <laughs> the expertise is dead and the world is full of idiots. So I think you need to up, yeah. your, up your game a little bit. If only well, we could reach yeah, we just all of need the to United reach States. Uh, we, so in the history of the site, we have many, many examples of people coming onto the site that were practicing various kinds of martial arts that were, yeah. you know, would be ineffective in a real fight, right? And I can think of dozens and dozens of cases where, and a lot of time it took some time, right? But they went at and tried judo, tried wrestling, you know, boxing or whatever, whatever it was. And, you know, their, their viewpoint was changed. Mm -hmm. And then they're no longer interested in trying to be, you know, a ninja or, you know, <laughs> one of the martial arts that's not known for its efficacy in a real life altercation. So in that respect, we enjoyed a lot of success in within the narrow confines of the martial arts. Sure. Frost has rightly chosen to expand our mission statement. So we're still polishing it up for, um, it's a lot easier okay. to do that with martial arts because there's yeah. literally firsthand evidence that you can find like firsthand in your face evidence via a punch that you suck at what you're doing and it doesn't work whereas you know for things like you know supplements or uh, cupping or acupuncture homeopathy you can't just 
solve the problem by punching people. And, and even if you reference like a, an accredited study or something like that, the odds mm -hmm. of people actually pursuing and, and finding out themselves, unfortunately, are kind of low, mm -hmm. right? But the, one of the things we've always done is you need to be able to prove what you say. You need to be yeah. able to back up what you say, whether it's like, I can pluck a goat's eyeball out in a fight, which we've actually heard, or, you know, um, triangles make the world happier, which we've also heard. Whatever it is, right? You need to be able to provide some kind of, you know, um, factual accredited type backup. Yeah, just I, 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 sources. Can, can we back up and uh, plucking a goat's eye out in a fight? I, I missed that. You can't just slide that one in there. I would have bought a goat. And so, <laughs> that would have been. Because goats freak me out with their freaky eyes. So the guy that was in charge of training, one of the um, instructors that also instructed the Dog Brothers, one of the original, like I think he was an Escrima or maybe a Arnie, Arnie's guy, um, old school, he instructed, he taught all of the Filipino martial, uh, or excuse me, special forces guys. He was allowed a 10% attrition rate, like up to 10% of his students or uh, soldiers could die during training, right? During but one training? Of the things, yeah. One of the things he, he would do to demonstrate this one technique is um, he was showing about how you could pluck a creature's eye out of it, you know, out of its skull, like ostensibly a, a human as well. And he would occasionally do that to actual goats to prove that the technique was, although, you know, the way the goat skull is, the eyeball protrudes a lot more. It's yeah. a lot easier to pluck a goat's eyeball, not that I have any personal experience, but based on angles. Um, so yeah, that that was one of the stories that was brought up one time on Bullshito and like Kill Bill remember, style. I don't remember who actually verified. We didn't verify about the eyeball story, but we did actually verify that the person that we were discussing was actually the guy who taught the Filipino special forces. Right? I mean, while you guys are here, we can send Corey out to get a goat. We got. <laughs> uh, we there should. Might, try there might it. be one out back. There, there could be. There's critters and wildlife back there. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, I, I'm not going to do that. Sometimes discretion is the better part of valor. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I deal with goats because I know uh, the military, and it's one of those things they call, they discuss, you know. And, sh and sheep. Well, no. They fight, put them in tanks clubs. and then they blow them? One of the things they have up. down at, at some of the medical training facilities, they teach you how to address a sucking chest wound by shooting a goat, and you have to keep it alive for X amount of time. That's, oh, God. Yeah, that's, uh, I've never seen it personally, and I've was down at Fort Sam Houston for like six months for training a while back, but you know, didn't was not involved with that, but it seems to be a thing. I'm 95% sure it's a thing. Cause I know people that are seems reputable. Like you could replicate. It also that seems like a very cleaner. complete bullshit story. We're going to tell so. everybody that we're a bunch of skeptics and then we're going yeah. to go to, well, I mean, <laughs> goat lab is good work boss. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I know. Well, well, I have a, I have a question for you guys that is related. Uh, Brian and I have often asked this question. This is a, this is a question that Brian posed to us. What is, what is the largest animal you could fight with your bare hands? You probably have to do a study with that. And then like it half is. of half, like most Americans think that they could take out a large dog or uh, yeah. like some that even think they're they wrong. Like take out a bear. They're wrong. Brian, what was yours? An emperor penguin. An emperor penguin. Yeah, it was an emperor penguin that Brian could take. Well, those, and those I, are, I think I think he could do. Those are big. They're animals, big. They're right? big. Yeah. But I think he's got it. Yeah, Largest we've been animal. we've been going through some scenarios and stuff. So I think he's got it. What? But I mean, I think it's situational. Like if I can get the bare drop hands, on a giraffe and bare hands close right room, in the, right in the dangly bits, I'm I could take a giraffe out. I want to see that. I don't know. I mean, I don't want you to hurt a giraffe. No, no. no the, the, I mean, talk about punching up. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm just I'm going for the speed bag. You got to scale so. the neck like you're climbing no, a palm no, no. tree I'm coming and in then from, get up there from the back end and you know going for the speed bag. Giraffe. So sucker punch a giraffe in the nut. <laughs> that is the whole life goal. Saying. Oh my god. Don't let Peter know, but, but yeah, class, that's a people. life goal. Nothing but class. I'm pretty sure I could take out your average mosquito cuz I've done it. Oh, really? Yeah. God, you could tell by the look in his eyes too. It was hard. Their kill death ratio is <laughs> much higher. A thousand yard stare. John versus malaria. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, so a little birdie told me uh -oh. that you have an unnatural interest in anime and manga. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow, that, that's like the worst way to frame that. Un unnatural? <laughs> uh, unhealthy, maybe? Uh, who, who, who told you that? That is totally not true. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It was an emperor. It was an emperor penguin told yeah. you. <laughs> uh, wow, you can't frame that like that. Just because there's such a spectrum of anime out there that, 
that you want to you want to be tactful about it because I like anime, but I mean I I mean I know nothing about it. I, I saw I don't it. E- uh, yeah. Well, short of tentacles, I, I'm I'm like you know okay ninjas and powers and like guys yeah. punching each other, but. Well, uh, for that reason, uh, we'd like to invite on another one of our crew. Okay. Uh, will be joining us via Skype. Yes. Is an anime. Welcome. He buff. is an anime buff. Awesome. If that's a better term. Uh, uh, sure. So oh, we'd he's, like coming, to, he's, he's uh, showing up now. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're ringing him up now. So, nice. Uh, this uh, oh, will be an interesting conversation. Yeah, just uh, keep an eye on the clock. Hello. He's here. He's here. We I'm can't Jason. see him. But... Can you see me? Right, can't see. We, we have... I can't. Hold on. I'm going to turn my camera on. Okay. I see my camera. I see just a, a test pattern right now. I see a black screen. Well, that's all this is, is a test pattern, really. <laughs> <laughs> You're not missing much. Okay. We can hear him. We yeah, can, we hear, can him. hear him. Yeah. What was? I tried to think of the last anime that I watched. I don't even know. <laughs> uh, uh, I mean, I I, it was probably one. Ninja Scroll again. No shit. Because I'll just watch Ninja Scroll. That's the like over and over. That's what got a lot of people into it. That and uh, was it Akira? Yeah. Found out my wife hasn't seen Cowboy Bebop, so uh, uh, there's a uh, an attractive forty five year old woman who's about course, to be on right? the market. <laughs> Yeah, I would say you filed for a divorce because that's the only course of action that makes sense. Yeah, it's uh What do you think about the live action one that's going to come out? I don't. So, John Cho. I mean, Spike is in his forties. You know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to keep an open mind, but I am. I am very apprehensive. Uh, I don't think. I don't think they're going to really capture because one. What we saw like uh, images and stills and stuff like that. What what part of Cowboy Bebop that was very important to the anime that we haven't heard about the live action? You're asking us. Is it is yes. it the corgi? Not the not even the corgi. I haven't even seen Ayn or, or, yeah. or, or Radical Edward or Ed. But what part? What what was what what got you in the mood for Cowboy Bebop from the jump? Oh God, no! You're not. You, they're not leaving that out, are they? Well, we don't know. I don't know. Like, the, there is no discussion of music. The, Did anyone the talk intro, to Yoko Oh, is yeah. It, the actual jazz. Yeah. Tank. Are, are they yeah. going to bring back a new group? Or are they going to have the seatbelts playing? I mean, because you got to think, all Cowboy Bebop was driven by the music. Think about all the parts of Cowboy Bebop, and there was always a soundtrack, and it changed. When you had, like, the heavy metal trucker mama, uh, VT, what was her name? You know, it was heavy metal for that thing. You know, you had different... You had like Stray Dog Strut, you know, you had that smooth jazz. And then just the opening theme alone was just, you know. If the opening theme is not in the movie, I will burn down the theater out, that yeah. I will not be in because I'm not going <laughs> to go to the theater. Yeah, I know. I'll burn down my uh, I'll burn my down Roku. my house. <laughs> I'll throw my, deep, my Roku box into the front yard. <laughs> so what are some shows that you're really enjoying right now or you think are worth uh, noteworthy right now, BJ? As far as anime? Yeah. <sighs> To be honest, there. I mean, it's the market's flat. So I, I've stuck to like something. So I like Megalobox, uh, or they're on their second one, Nomad. I've been watching Baki. Jujutsu Kaisen is is the new hotness. Um, but there's like so many out there now. Like it's you, you you're, you're kind of getting like flooded. Uh, and and I'm gonna be honest, they're they're a lot of them are are kind of the same. Like it, they they're taking the Dragon Ball Naruto, you know, uh, uh, formula. Yeah, and then they just they try to build off of that. Uh, I mean, you know, the ones that are still going, you know, like you know your Dragon Ball, your One Pieces, and stuff like that. You know, they're 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 legacy, so they could do whatever they want. But like, it seems like a lot of them now, um, they just try to, they're just trying to do, they're trying to recopy, you know, uh, copy that same success. So, and so, um, why don't you tell Jason a little bit about your history with Dragon Ball? Oh boy, uh, is, that's the one where they fight. 
<laughs> it's like it's like there's six episodes and it's like, they're still minutes. fighting. They well, actually, for 20 minutes and then it was funny because uh, so I'll give you a brief. So I, I um, I'm a military brat and so I lived all over the world and you know a lot of years spent in Japan and the Far East, Korea and stuff like that. And um, we would watch Dragon Ball like we'd come over school and we would tape Dragon Ball off the TV and. It was funny because, you know, looking back at it now as a kid, it was like, oh, my God, it's great. You know, but then you look back and rewatch and you're like, yeah, there was like a lot of like dead air, like filler in it. Like someone would charge up for like a whole episode or my favorite. They'd have this teeth gritting sound like. <laughs> and I would go on for like five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, um, I, my I, history of Dragon Ball I played, is that I, I... Oh, go ahead. go ahead. I'm sorry. No, you continue. Continue. I didn't mean to interrupt. So my history with Dragon Ball is that I would, um, uh, like I said, we would tape them. And then when I finally uh, finished, I finished high school in Korea. I came back to the States and I brought, to my brother's chagrin, he, he actually still brought that up this weekend when I told him about the last podcast I was on. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you took all the tapes with you. So I took all the tapes of Dra- Dragon Ball and I was watching them uh, in my dorm room. Well, at first, no, I, I watched it in the day room because I didn't get my VCR until later. And people were like well, looking in and watching. They're like, what the hell are you watching? And I'm like, oh, this is Dragon Ball. And they're, and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what the hell's wrong with this dude's hair? Why is it going? <laughs> so, you know, Dragon Ball hadn't really caught on then. And then uh, I would... Uh, I would go to different comic book shops and stuff like that, and uh, eventually it was like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, we've heard about this. I was like, dude, I got all the tapes. Like, I had, like, everything from when Dragon Ball went to Dragon Ball Z all the way up to the Cell Saga at that time. Um, it's so funny and- hearing you talk about the tapes, and I'm like, well... It's like I had the tablets, the ancient DBZ <laughs> tablets that I uncovered in a tomb. The scrolls. It's like the tapes. What are those? Sorry. VH and I still and I still have them. I still have I still have tons of VHS tapes. Do you know have I a player as well? I actually do have a VCR. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a, we just uh, so we had just uh, we moved here. We moved here from Germany about two years ago, and uh, my lair, my basement was filled with like we had boxes we hadn't opened since 1999 since our first move you know how you move and like you're like uh and we moved like every three or four years or something like that so it was just like you know sometimes boxes just got put away so a lot of those boxes ended out here in the basement and this week we finally said you know what let's let's we're gonna we're just gonna go through the basement let's clear everything out so we finally went through every box, and we had a hell of a lot of VHS tapes and a VCR that still works. I uh, I think I can name three Dragon Ball Z characters. <laughs> uh, maybe four. Uh, Goku, Piccolo. Okay. Uh, Stan? Is Stan? No. Stan. Uh, Stan. Not Stan. There is one that's similar to Stan. Vegeta. Put another A in, a in front of the S. Uh, and Ong. Ang, Vegeta, Vegeta, Ve- Prince Vegeta. Ve- <laughs> Vegeta's right. Vegeta's right. Okay. Ong is last airbender. That's all we, I got. We may That's have not over, even anime. Overestimated uh, <laughs> um, people's uh, anime nerd nerdiness. So. <laughs> I've, no, I've okay. So the anime that I I watch a lot of, when I first discovered anime. So I grew up in a really small town in West Texas, right? And mm-hmm. there was nothing out there. We had there was like one tiny shelf of anime at the Blockbuster uh, in Odessa, and so I watched everything <laughs> and uh it was all they had and they had like okay tape two of record of the lodos war but none of the other ones oh my god and like Look, that's a that's a blast from the past yeah writing bean uh writing bean yeah <laughs> akira ninja scroll vampire hunter d uh the original <laughs> devil man and yep. uh, then i watched some other and i was like it's kind of like horror movies in that oh this is good and this is really good and th- oh no but most of it's really really bad like really, really bad, and then yeah, I was like, okay, so anime is bad, and then I I quit, and but that was just based on you know the sample at the blockbuster in Odessa uh, in 1994 on VHS, so not much. <laughs> oh. Well, to uh, well to finish to really wrap up the Dragon Ball saga, my I my big claim to fame, even though I know a lot of people challenges, is that 
I am responsible for Dragon Ball being here. I don't care what anyone says. I'll fight them. <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah that you would win, and that's not fair. I'm gonna need a little more. You're responsible for Dragon Ball being here. Did you draw it? Are no, you- because what happened was after I brought these tapes and I was going, you know, people were like, "Oh," and copying tapes was really very, you know, uh, in the little anime circus that we just used to call Japanimation circles back then. You know, you'd have guys with like triple decker VCR decks, and you'd throw in a VC- VHS tapes and like make fifty million copies. Oh yeah, that so, was that was how the community kind of thrived, right? Yeah, and so I would say, hey man, you know, here's 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 my Dragon Ball tapes, and you know, you know, and they're like, man, can I make a copy? I'm like, yeah, sure, make a copy. You know, I'm thinking he's making one copy, and then they made a bunch, and then fan subbers got a hold to it, and they started fan subbing it, and then uh, I was at a convention, and they were like, hey, we're showing Dragon Ball, you know, we're showing Dragon Ball Z, so I'm like, oh cool, you know, we'll go watch Dragon Ball Z, and I'm like. Um, that's my tape, and the reason I say that is because ah. the track parts were there, the commercial, like they they didn't even cut out the commercials. So I'm like, yeah, this is exactly these are all my tapes. Like these are all copies of my tapes. <laughs> you hope uh, they just got your Dragon Ball Z tapes, <laughs> <laughs> not some of the personal collection. Uh, you know, well, <laughs> this is a funny story. Oh God! Oh God! <laughs> oh Lord! So, um, in college, you know. Uh, we got so much to um, taping and copying over and everything like that. Uh, other than anime, I used to have a really large porn collection. Oh, on HS tapes, but I started taping over. Well, when I got a girlfriend and therefore got regular access to women, I started taping over my porn tapes, and it was hilarious because it was like, you know, someone would borrow a tape, like, oh yeah, here's the latest Ranma movie, and then they'd watch it. And the movie be over, and then it cut to porn. <laughs> they're like, uh, okay. When you said you had a lot of porn, tell me, tell me what no, that that means. I had a, I had a lot. I had a just way they were selling anime tapes. That's how I used to do porn. They would have like, and the porn tapes were because they were, one, they were cheap. If you went to a certain store, oh my god, I can't believe we're talking about this. <laughs> no. You would go to certain stores, and they would have like these bargain basement like porn tapes like you know how you go get dvds and like oh the the cheap dvd rack well you had the cheap porn rack and like there would be some tapes with only like one or two scenes on it and it'd be cheaply done but you get that tape like you know a pack of them for like 10 bucks and then you know you watch your porn you've done but then you also have a vhs (laughs) tape because unlike dvds you could record over them so I was like, hey, you know what? I don't like this porn anyway. I'm going to put some tape over the little hole, and then, boom, re- record over it. <laughs> no, you answer the question, though. <laughs> how much porn did you have? Like, how many tapes? Um, Ballpark. So I had, I had a lot. I'm, I'm not even going to lie. I had a lot. I, I probably had probably over 100 VHS tapes. Jesus Christ. Hey, well, before you judge me. Before you judge <laughs> no, it's me. too late. It's too late. I would... <laughs> I would buy them, like I said, you would buy them for like in packs. They would literally like sell packs of it. So it was yeah. like, yeah, I could go to the store and buy these, you know, Sony, one Sony tape for 250 or I could go to the porn store. And that's, I'm not even going to pretend that was my reason. I was going to buy porn tapes and then I just repurposed them. <laughs> it got GPHS. Okay? That's, that's why I go. Yeah. <laughs> you realize this is a podcast and not like a conference chat. You're on a list, <laughs> by the way. Not my list. The intent but a is list. to publish this and put this out for other people to hear. <laughs> so I'm just. Oh man! <laughs> just making sure you're aware of that. I, it sounds like some detectives might have new leads on some old cold cases. <laughs> I've already called the FBI. <laughs> yes, good call. Oh, it's all. Oh, then I'm on several lists for them. Then. <laughs> good thing you don't need that security clearance anymore. <laughs> well. <laughs> yeah. I'm BJ's just... retired military officer, so oh, so he, yeah. he he's got he actually oh, had God. a security clearance, probably TS, but I'm not gonna like yeah at, at one point. But I, it's, it, well, I would say it's all behind me, but I do still I do still work for Uncle Sam. Yeah, you were in the government's deviant porn division, <laughs> hunting down <laughs> hunting down perverse shit from all over the world. The other X Files. They actually yeah, have a like division for that. What's that? <laughs> they actually have a division for X Files. <laughs> that's so much better. They do actually. That's true. Oh god. 
So what else is new, man? What else you got going on? Um, so actually, right now I've been um, um, I'm getting a lot into uh, 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 like I mean maybe this put me on my list too. So a lot of Russian, you know, <laughs> stuff like uh, uh, I don't know if I've saved names, but uh, DD, one of our friends on um, from Bushido and stuff, he's he's been doing really well with his uh, Sambo crew up in Detroit. Oh, nice. Uh, I've gone to Chicago before the the coof hit, and you know uh, did a lot of rolling with them. Uh, and I always always been interested in sambo, and mainly it's probably mainly for Russian women. But uh, I was like, okay, now I get to see someone. Like I got to meet uh, Vasily, one of the guys I used to buy, you know, old school Panther VHS tapes. You know, let's learn Russian sambo. It's uh, not you and tapes, man. Just... <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> well, oh, I tell you well, what, um... I had a whole. I, I found a whole a lot of old school uh, uh, jujitsu and MMA uh, style uh, VHS tapes from like back in the day, like uh, Alan Gones, uh, uh, old uh, Henzo Gracie tapes, and uh, Craig Cook. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, me and tapes. I, I, I have, have some of those. That's that's scary. <laughs> you, are you talking about half cut? Bullshito user half cut? Yes. He's coming down to Austin um, like in a month, and I think we're going to take him out to dinner. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, uh, I tell you what, uh, we're up against the clock here. So uh, thank you for coming on and, and talking with Jason here. I'm sure he enjoyed it. Um, but <laughs> we, we got we to gotta get things wrapped up here, but we'll talk to you on the back end. All righty. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Later. Later. Yeah, he's one of our he was one of our original admins on the site. It started the first throwdown, which we haven't touched on. Um, throwdowns were where we would all get together off the forums, offline, like in person, and beat the crap out of each other. Oh yeah. So yeah. Um, that's kind of like hey, put up or shut up, or you know, in a friendly way. Most sure. of the time. Most of the time. M- most of the most time. Most of the time. There's probably some. Some uh, uh, grudges to settle. A couple broken like noses and maybe a, a leg or two. Woo. Broken arm, but that was not a that was not an unfriendly. That was just um, one guy kicked really really hard and one guy. Oh yeah yeah. Oh, was that uh, what's his name? Got his uh, ribs broken Quintana. up in Boston. Yeah. No 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 no. The arm. the the ponytail guy. What's his name? Omar. No 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 no. Oh no! You're thinking of the 2006 uh, throwdown. That was a broken nose. The dude went for a leg sweep and then came around and just right in the face and dropped him. That was great. It's on video. No, I'm thinking of uh, uh, what's his face in, in Cirque, I think, maybe. Didn't Cirque break somebody's ribs? Uh, um, I don't know if that was... I want to say... Do you no? guys still do these throwdowns? Uh, well, no. Well, I mean, it's hard right now. Long in the tooth. But we, we, we were planning one, yeah, like a old. big one. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and then the Fire Nation. No, COVID, and then COVID, COVID packed. And then the Fire Nation. <laughs> so... <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but yeah, uh, so in Austin, we invented the barbecue, which I think is to this day one of the greatest things ever. Where <laughs> yep. we got together, we, we did some sparring and did that stuff, and then we barbecued after. Barbecued. It was like one of them was held, wasn't it? Like in like, this is like, you know. The Dow of Texas TKD Taekwondo. Well, well, no, th- that was the nicer that was the one. There was where one that was held Omega like came somebody's, down. It, like a trailer park, and they oh, had, we like had a, some like a tarp on the ground and we yes we did we had that that was in a backyard i was i was there at that one and um hedgehoggy was there at that one as well oh that guy (laughs) that was not the time he tried to break my knee speaking Um, of oh god speaking of anime he's the guy that dressed up as like lupin or something and like challenged a dude at an anime convention and like beat his ass like in in the street i guess hedge is a little crazy oh yeah he he was wild He, he was an austin native but he was very I guess nowadays you would call him Antifa, like it, as that's his sort of a, a affiliation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's very anti those things. He's a disestablishment <laughs> some sort of ism. Yeah. Well, I I have a guy, uh, uh, or I have a question to ask you guys. Yeah. Uh, Is it a question, guy? It is a question. Yes. Uh, <laughs> if I can put this out. Uh, so on Modern Rogue, uh, we have explored couple of different fighting styles uh, to various degrees some more than others you know done a little bit of bjj very little kung fu very little little bit of krav maga uh and just a tiny bit of silat 
and Kom Komsha? Kom God, the Chinese one, I can't remember. No. no Not, uh, what's the performance? Uh, Somsha? Wushu is the one that yeah, basically is performing. Yeah, not, not Wushu. Anyway. San Shao? No, uh, San Shao. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That one. That's the one. That's the practical one. Yeah, Lee type. Yeah, did a little bit of that. What should we, what should we tackle next for to, uh, for us to go learn from a uh, from a master, an expert? Boxing and how kinetic linkage makes all the difference in the world. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> that, well, okay. Say, so one of the greatest, judo, but... one of the most underestimated martial arts, and I think personally one of the quickest paths to martial efficacy, is boxing. Right. Mm -hmm. Particularly when it's taught by a skilled individual that can teach you about footwork. Yeah. And how the punch starts from your back foot when you push off mm -hmm. all the way up and the kinetic linkage aspect of it, right? Because the people that hit hard, whether it would be with their hands, their feet, elbows, whatever, right? It's all about proper kinetic linkage. You can look at old videos of Mike Tyson and you can almost see it like coming up his leg. And also slipping punch. punches, right? Which is, a, I mean, that's a, like one of the first martial arts, you know, so I did, kids are naturally attracted to grappling wrestling, that kind of stuff, right? One of the first non-grappling martial arts that I made a point to show my son was boxing. And it was mostly like, I want you to learn this, how to throw a proper punch, but I also want you to learn like the basics of slipping because being able to slip punches is a skill that I think is vastly underestimated and, and underutilized um, in the modern martial arts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna need a definition of slipping a punch. So slipping a punch is where he throws a punch at me and I do a little head movement or something and, he, and it misses it. also opens like him inches. up for counters. And stuff oh, like gotcha. That. Okay. Floyd Mayweather, his whole Philly shoulder roll, right, is one of the most famous examples of like how to effectively slip punches in a real fight. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. So that kind of stuff. Okay. Uh, that sounds terrifying. Corey, schedule <laughs> a boxing thing for us. He's, he's waving. Nope. No, he said no. All right. <laughs> Never mind. What's the next one? No. <laughs> Keto. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 thank you. King Chun. No, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Those are. Uh, let's let's not retread all that. Cap capoeira. <laughs> it's a great dance style. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah. And people are usually fit, and yeah. Well, you guys have done some parkour stuff, right? We have. Yeah. We have done a couple of parkour episodes. That was fun. Yeah. Uh, it's. I'm glad we just did the moves and not the sustained running because <laughs> that wouldn't go well at all for me anyway. Brian could probably hang with it, but I get winded making the bed. So <laughs> nice, uh, nice. Basically, um, any martial art where people validate where they're not. I mean, de-escalation skills is the the first and foremost, right? First and right. foremost, de-escalation skills. After that, how to fall. Mm, right? Yeah, because not everybody gets in a fight, but everybody falls. So, yeah. in my opinion, one of the most valuable skills you can learn from the martial arts is how to fall properly. I've been hit by cars three times. Oh, my God. And my, I mean, I should probably stop running out in the freeway. <laughs> but, uh, well, let's talk about that later. One, but. Of, the, one of the things that's, that, so my, you know, my brake falling skills that I worked on a lot when I was younger, um, I attribute to the fact that I walked away from all three of those. I mean, and, and the, these weren't like, it was not on the freeway. It was more like parking lot incidents, just people not paying attention. So, um, it wasn't like you trying to stop a Buick with your chi or anything? <laughs> no. Okay. We can try that. No, that's on Tuesday. <laughs> Live stream. You know, the people who listen to us know about you. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah, that, I mean, we've been talking about us. You, like, somehow you took over the interview. Oh, I'm so sorry. I do that. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. We're, you know, getting better at this. We're, <laughs> you know, we, we spend most, so much time doing forums and, like, just bickering back and forth online, you know, and text that, you know. We're still working out the kinks of talking, and this is the first time I've seen him in person since uh, it's a year and a half. Yeah, oh, no kidding! At least. Like it's a bad thing. I know. Yeah. So we used to all do this in person together, yeah. and then that was pre-COVID. Yeah, yeah. This okay. is actually the first time the three of us have been oh, together wow. since I was together. in Louisiana for a year. So well, yeah, oh, but yeah. I mean, it's yeah. been since February of 2020. I think was the last time the three of us were yeah, together. We were yeah. Space. So I mean, because we're doing the right thing. Not that that matters to a lot of people out there still being in person it's like you realize what kind of things were missed when you were just trying to do it virtually like yeah. little little beats you uh, get like you cues get yeah, yeah exactly like, even you know, even if we had like more. video with skype you you still miss mm -hmm. out because there's a delay and, and oh yeah it tricks the brain and you guys did an episode on that Step too on people's oh yeah that's right we did, <laughs> we did do an episode on that sometimes people come up and talk to me about episodes and i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> 
We did that? I said that? That's a horrible thing to say. So <laughs> tell us about that episode. Oh, oh, oh. The, uh, yeah, that was the uh, delayed, the, it was uh, the speech Brain jamming, yeah, speech jamming yeah. is what it was. And it was basically where you talk into, uh, uh, there are apps for it. Uh, you can talk into this app and it plays your voice back with just like a second delay. Or you can change the delay, two seconds delay or whatever. And it it is very difficult to communicate when you're doing that. It's just a fun little game, but it it screws you up. Wait, did you know that the military is exploring a thing where they're going to use that offensively? Really? They're going to be able to beam a person's voice right back at them? Oh, that was well done. <laughs> well done. Corey will look for an opportunity <laughs> oh, that's great. to mess with you. Yeah, yeah no, we did that. Uh, it, it was fun. It was fascinating. It just... Uh, I thought, oh, I'll be able to power through it and listen because I, you know, we've both been doing the talking thing, so that people, we've both been able to speak for years now. We do a lot of talking now, um, uh, and so I thought, oh, it's going to be fine. But then, it's tremendously effective, <laughs> and you sound like an idiot. Well, that's one of the things we're kind of focusing on now a lot. Sounding like it's, an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> that too. Uh, we'll work on that, but uh, just ways in which your brain is not wired properly to exist in the modern world and how people take advantage of that so you first thing you need to know is advertising all the glitches yes. in the the human cognitive system all mm. the back doors to your uh, your operating system back up up there and how vulnerable we all are to the algorithms yes that we're subjected to or just even the visual medium like you know is it a coincidence that tv the images flicker rate is exactly the same as the human eye records right mm. that I hope so you know is that a, a, a weird coincidence or not, right? Um, because I don't know if they knew that back then when they were busy inventing TV, right? Yeah. Like how fast the human eye processes images, but it's an interesting coincidence regardless. That's like the hypnotic effect that TV can have, right? That's what fascinating. Yeah. So yeah, there's all sorts of things, but I think advertising has taken great advantage of that. And I Well, just everything, especially, I mean, social media is, what was it? There's, I don't want to get, like, again, political, but there's... Uh, the MIT report was just released about that they were working on with Facebook. Uh, and I'd mentioned this today um, about the different pages that were straight from troll farms. And, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this certain religious group, I'll just, I, I don't want to dime out anybody particular, but the top 20 pages of them, I think, uh, well, the first 16 were all troll farms. Oh, yeah. Troll farms. Yeah. And they were targeted at this group of people that had this certain you know identity characteristic um with the other christians that's what i keep <laughs> well that's what i keep telling people about arguing on the internet is that honestly it's you never know anymore when you're just arguing with a bot or someone in a uh, russian troll farm yeah, in just, you know in macedonia or something you just Peter's. need automatic touring tests you know to pave the way <laughs> of voight comp <laughs> like instead of the uh instead of like dragging the puzzle piece or identifying which of these pictures has cars? It, yeah. it just says, uh, you're walking through the desert and you encounter a tortoise <laughs> yeah, on its back. I knew that was a Blade Runner reference. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to go there. Was <laughs> like, yeah. One. Yeah, for, but let's, after we get out of critical race theory, but tell me what you would do with this this tortoise. So I'm like, ah. Uh. <laughs> no, but yeah, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, beyond, beyond misinformation, there's targeted uh, disinformation, right? Oh, yeah. Um, because it makes it easy to you know, manipulate, blah, blah. And I'm not going down the conspiracy rabbit hole at all. I'm talking about, you know, you want to go buy that extra car or... Ivermectin. <laughs> okay, so I do have one yeah. quick thing to say about that. They have prescribed ivermectin as an anti-malarial... Yes, as uh, an anti-parasitic. ...for decades for humans. So it's, it's not just horse medicine people, right? It's been prescribed for humans for literally decades. So it's a mischaracterization of the left say that it's strictly horse and that's sure fair yeah. don't get it from the vet though because that's for the people that are clearing the shelves of tractor supply company to literally get the apple flavored horse warmer because you know it, it's sold out it's not that it's not that oh mess up with the microphone sorry it's yeah. a i have a thing <laughs> I, I, I can't stick normally on on our podcast i'll have like a little hand axe that i'm just like fiddling with so um so sometimes we have to keep our feet off the floor. Every now and then, <laughs> I have dropped it. So yeah, uh, uh, that's the thing. Come yeah. on, no toes. <laughs> Just, I but I mean, you could say the same thing for hydroxychloroquine, right? I mean, right. it is an actual drug that is used for actual things, and we're and, and they are doing some actual here. legitimate studies. Like, is it an actual sure. prophylactic against you know in a bad, which is perfectly fine, right? 
but let's let's stick to the facts and not go off half cocked. Well, betadine yeah. is the other one that, that that's the new hotness now. They're trying to use that. That's well, you know, the, I think I think a lot of the fallacy here is that uh, uh, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about with the ghost hunting and the uh, the confirmation, confirmation bias. Confirmation yeah. bias yeah. And, confirmation yeah. It, well, because. Um, a lot of the trappings of pseudoscience, uh, you'll see that people will take something that is accepted as functional and working and a valid tool or source of measurement or something like that uh, and apply it to something else. You know, like, uh, uh, like using something that detects radio frequencies as proof of supernatural activity. <laughs> or, you know, it's like the thing that uh, the ghost detecting device does work just not to detect ghosts. Ivermectin works. Yes, but probably not to fight uh, the other thing, you know, and it's like it's like yeah. it's it's these false equivalencies that say, well, it works for this. And so it'll work for that. And it's I don't know. It's a but yes, you do have a very good point of uh, saying, well, it's just horse paste, you know, it's right. just the left dismissing it like that. I don't think doing that does right it. never does that type of thing themselves. Oh, sure. <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's, that's a problem with the discourse in general, right? right? So there's like, not, there's not, so, okay. You cherry pick the worst thing. I, I don't want to, so here's one of the things that I get on my soapbox about is, are you, whether you're online or whether you're having a, a discussion with an actual person, are you there for an honest exchange of ideas and willing to learn something? Or are you there just to reinforce your existing confirmation bias, yeah. right? And I think right. a lot of people, you know, initially approach it from, they're not willing to necessarily learn something else or change their viewpoint, right? They're kind of come at it from their confirmation bias. And if you're not willing to learn and, and have an open and honest discussion, and sometimes that involves being wrong and correcting yourself, mm -hmm. right? The inability and unwillingness to assimilate new information. Yeah. And the, well, the third factor in that that confounds the whole process of trying to have conversations with people that are productive is the pursuit or maintenance of one's status and prestige as either they're trying to be, be a subject matter expert or they're trying to be seen as one. Even just at a small scale, it's like, you know, the, he, oh, he's the smartest guy in, in the group, you know, that's drinking a beer at the in the alley in the back of the Well, I think know? we've seen like a lot of... Uh, a lot of a lot of people uh, decide that uh, their uh, that their opinion or a way to do something, a way to accomplish something, has become a part of their identity, which is is kind of poisonous in a way. It, when it, you export those expectations onto other people, yes, right? like their brains does not necessarily work like your brains, right? And that's one thing that I think there's a lot. This is the way I look at the world, so you must look at the world that way as well. Mm -hmm. And this is often not the case at all to the point that it's radically different. And once you open yourself to that idea, all of a sudden your way is not necessarily the best way or even the only valid way. Well, there, with regard to identity, though, there was a paper that came out a couple of years ago uh, by um, Sam Harris. Uh, you know, he's a neuroscientist yeah. slash philosopher slash all the other things that he is. Um, some people don't really is aren't a huge fan, but um, basically the the region of the brain that processes the identity overlaps with some of these things, these characteristics. So that when you're talking, when you have when you hold a political opinion and you conflate it with your identity, then you see any attack on that opinion or even that group that the the opinion belongs to as a personal attack. Yes. So they're attacking you. Yeah. They're, they're not attacking, attacking your, your identity. Position on taxes. Right. They're attacking you. Yeah. And like and so that that's why everybody gets pissed off. And that it, exactly. Yes. Yes. It, and, you know, a lot of people, uh, one, uh, a different paper that came out like a year ago kind of reinforces that in that uh, the inability of people to assimilate new information. Uh, it's not that people who believe these things that a lot of us think are crazy or don't believe in things like, you know, people, you know, climate change deniers, whatever, not taking a position on any of those things uh, for the purposes of the conversation. But uh, people will adhere to these beliefs, uh, not because they're uh, stupid, because that's the easy thing to say, oh, well, you're dumb. It's a whole section of the population that's just stupid, which I agree with, but that's not necessarily <laughs> the case here. It's that, uh, that smarter people are able to do the mental gymnastics to uh, hold on to their belief. And that's what this study showed in that, oh no, it's, you're not stupid because you believe this. You're smart enough 
to convince yourself that it's true and that you did all of, jump through all these hoops. Yeah, I'd like to see. I imagine there's like a, a bell curve and it's the tails that are the ones that are the hardest to convince. You know? <laughs> right. It's like right and left. There's a, what is that called? It came out of the Peter Principle book. Um, but it's the where you've spent so much time and effort in supporting this idea that you become emotionally invested in doing so and don't want to disengage because you've spent all this time yeah. and effort, right? Like the worst case or the opposite of a cost-benefit analysis. Some cost fallacy. Well, that also yeah, sounds sort of like a crutch for dumb people to convince themselves that they're smart by telling oh, themselves well, that they're smart. The, the Dunning-Kruger. <laughs> yeah. Which I actually, I, would you I wrote call an article. Me? Would you call me? <laughs> I wrote an article a couple of years ago called the Dunning-Kruger, Dunning-Kruger effect. People are misusing the Dunning-Kruger effect to call somebody dumb. They're just like, oh, that's Dunning-Kruger. No, no, that's that's not what that means. That is literally the worst thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I know. It's like, <laughs> you're just speaking of not knowing what words You're so dumb, you're, ruined, you're misusing the Dunning-Kruger effect. You're just smart enough to be that dumb. Just got meta well, in the opposite way of normal. As, as I often, uh, as I've quoted to Brian and Corey before, and I often say to my wife, the George Carlin quote, it's, you know, think of uh, the most average person you know, and uh, now understand that uh, half of the world is dumber than that motherfucker. Yeah. So, yep. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't even ask if we could swear, but there it is. Yeah, I, I oh, yeah. No, it's, yeah. Um, um, Everything goes here. My delicate ears. And people, com and I swear half the, the replies just misunderstood it completely. It was, oh God, I'd have to pull it up now, but it, it was, yeah, it was depressing. Most of the replies to our posts on Facebook, on the Facebook page, are just depressing. I mean, <laughs> I'm not a drinker, but I I strongly consider day drinking every time I get something out there. But it, but, uh, don't read the comments, it's going to be on my tombstone. Yeah, <laughs> just stay out of the comments on Facebook. And I, I can't, I can't not wait in there you know ha ha let's let's get some you know cracking knuckles and whew, well not good for me i mean the truth is that we are all to some degree some of us more than others uh, manipulated by uh forces beyond our understanding and i know that sounds dramatic and everything but there are quite literally algorithms at play you know choosing what we see and everything and there's the the tunneling uh, did you guys see the great hack uh or uh i think it was a netflix, netflix show one yeah, talk. Uh, and I want to say that's the one that also talked about uh, the uh, Palantir and the uh, all of the. Oh, I read about that. Like five hundred points of data on every living American. Yeah. And within six clicks of uh, that you chose online, that they could determine your uh, religious uh, preferences and sexual preferences. Yeah, they're. Um, I, I remember. I mean, getting into the nitty gritty of that, they uh, they could get all the way down to like individual areas they could target ads at to sway votes. They only needed to turn, flip one county here, flip one county there. Yeah. And, you know, they could change the outcome of an election. Now, I'm not saying whether or not they did because I, that's beyond, that's a that's a big claim. Oh, yeah. yeah. But um, there's strong evidence supporting that a lot of that took place in 2016. But we're bombarded by that kind of thing all the time. And it, it just kind of... It just makes me, it reinforces the idea that do, there is no such thing as free will, that we're all just <laughs> reacting. Actually, philosophically, I don't believe in free will. I'm one of those guys that, you know, is like, yeah, we're, there's so many different stimuluses. And yes. a lot of the times you just act based on stimuluses, not by a conscious decision, but, you know, yeah. I'm moving my hands. I'm not thinking about moving my hands. So, but there was a philosopher and I've, I need to look at his up. Uh, he said that free will doesn't exist, but. For people that have a higher, um, a prefrontal more functioning prefrontal cortex, they can, uh, they have more impulse control. So what they have is essentially free won't. So everybody has all these natural impulses to do it for the same reason your toddler, you know, w would wet himself or not, you know, as you're training him, you know, potty training him. So um, they they learn the free won't to just not soil themselves, and adulthood kind of scales up from that. To an extent, you learn not to punch that guy that you don't know, cut in line in front of you at Arby's or whatever. So you you have that's a capital offense cut yeah. in front of me at Arby's. There is a Whataburger for sure, but um, <laughs> so you learn <laughs> impulse control, whereas you know your your impulses would have other yeah clocked that guy in the back of the head. So you have a free won't, which stops you from doing things that you're driven to do uh, unconsciously, whatever. But not, not necessarily the free will to do this. I was on um embracing the void pod a couple of month, months back it's run by uh 
um, a, a Rutgers philosophy professor. And so he hit me at the end of this with like, like a series of questions. A Rutgers philosophy I thought you were going to say like ex-members of uh, Bauhaus. Or <laughs> yeah, <something>. no, <laughs> Embrace no. the void. He, yeah, yeah. He beat me up like like at the end of it. It was like it was like an enlightening round. He's like, is free will real? Are chairs real? Are sandwiches real? I'm, and you can only answer yes or no. And so it, it's it's the most tortured conversation i've ever had because so, there's so many well <laughs> yeah i mean you can't and you can't quibble and i was like just sitting there and like you can hear my me tearing my hair out that i don't have you're gonna get along really well with having brian on the show because he loves to pose a <laughs> stupid question and then the next thing you know you're in a philosophical knot <laughs> like what is a novelty song and then he leads you into some sort of faustian trap <laughs> Uh, that's great. I mean, <laughs> it's gonna be fun. You'll you'll enjoy it. All right, I got plenty of caffeine. Anyway, yeah. So the free will, we're we're compelled by things that we we don't process. I think we are compelled by uh, microbes in our gut, uh, and that we're there just. Is, there's a fair amount of evidence there, that that is also evidence. the case. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Have, we have some cognitive sort of. We're just driven around by the Arby's uh, that we ate. Yeah, what a burger for All sure. Of, we, Oh my God! How many of my decisions are made by apple fritters, honey butter chicken biscuits? That's my. Uh, that's my now you're talking. Those things. Almost had uh, Whataburger on the way over here, but. Yeah. No, I I even bought a Whataburger Yeti cup. It's the dumbest thing I bought in like the last two years. It was fifty dollars. Oh my God! I know. I was like, but, but it's a Whataburger Yeti cup. So you're flying that that orange and white flag. Yeah. Oh man, I just not to get too far into Whataburger, but I actually had a I dated a girl who. Uh, called me honey butter chicken biscuit because that was yeah all right we're gonna move on um, yeah, yeah that's uh, <laughs> no uh, funny thing about whataburger you got you guys remember the the whataburger guy right you'll probably all remember that the, oh come on down and get yourself a, you know back in the day that guy yeah uh he was one of the voices of the swamp tribe in uh, one of the seasons of uh, avatar uh, he was one of the Swamp Tribe guys that could c control the swamps okay. with the yeah, yeah, yeah. He was muck. the plant control guy. Yes! That's, yeah. that's crazy. It was the Whataburger guy! Yeah. My was, kid just watched that recently again. and uh, that's That aged well. That aged really well. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Rewatched it uh, last year. It was a damn good show. Yeah, yeah it was. Tales of Bossing Say. Yeah. I still cry. Yeah. Uh, leaves on the Vine. Yep. That was Mako. That's right. Yeah. The time that was before the oceans yeah, drank Atlantis. That was the last thing that he did. Yeah, he was great. Uh, wow. uh, so we nerded out here for yeah. a minute. Yeah. Hey, that's okay. We're free will to Avatar. <laughs> the good Avatar. Free will to free associate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you have all kinds of different flavors of nerds here too. Okay. What 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 is your big what are your big nerd? Uh, what, what is the biggest thing you're nerd nerdy qualifications? about? Would yeah. you like to know my nerd qualifications? I, I just want to know the biggest <laughs> thing that you're nerdy about. I, you know, I'm not gatekeeping. I'm just curious. So I, I guess for me, I mean, comic books would be number two, but science fiction would be number one. I've read like 10,000 to 12,000 science fiction no books. No kidding. Okay, what's your number one science fiction book if you had to pick one? Uh, I don't really want to admit that because it's not particularly <laughs> mature. But, That's uh, okay. Roger Zelazny wrote uh, The Chronicles of Amber, and that I read that when I was 12. Nice. Still has a huge, and then all of us existed. were, all of us were like so. Starship Troopers is famous among Bullshito people because yeah. we, we're all to some extent influenced by it. Okay, yeah, we're we're Heinlein geeks. Yeah, right on. Not yeah. so much after a certain period where he wanted to sleep with his mom. But we don't. Oh really, yeah, what it got, the hell? It, some of this stuff gets a little weird. He oh, did invent the water. Sail bed, beyond though. the sunset. No, I don't know. And then he wrote the same story from. His mom's perspective. Yeah. That was to like, sail beyond the sunset. Oh, no. Weird. Time Enough for Love was like, I'm like, okay, you're getting a little tell weird. I people to like these books. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. My, my favorite sci-fi book is uh, The Star's My Destination by Alfred Bester. Oh, my God. I yeah. cannot believe that is. And The Demolished Man as well? I haven't read that one. Uh, okay. So he only wrote two books worth re re reading. And I, I was told he only wrote one. and then No, The Demolished Man is, I think, every bit as significant really? as The Star's My Destination. Okay, because my wife was disappointed in it, so I just didn't bother with it. No, I, I didn't. So it's not as grand in scope, but uh, like Deus Irae that Zelazny picked up and wrote the second half of. Mm -hmm. eh. Okay. But that's half Bester. Anyway, I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's I'm fine. It's fine. I was level, just going to like Bester. Because my wife is like 12 years younger. She's a, like, right in the middle of millennial. So I'm, I'm almost, I strong armed her into watching Babylon 5 with me. And so <laughs> Bester is a character on the show named after yeah. Oh, I never so. put that. To, oh, I, I'm not super familiar with Babylon Five. Oh I know. My God, it's the I best. know JMS was talking about it might be coming back. What? 
What? He mentioned that like a couple of days ago. Oh my God. No, Just a, yes. a hint that there might be more Babylon Oh, 5. that would be amazing. Cause yeah, my, for my part, that's the greatest science fiction show ever on television. You have to approach it knowing uh, the, the production quality is not up sure. to modern standards and some of the acting, Sammy, some of the acting's fantastic, but there's a wide discrepancy yeah. in, in the diff, in the acting. But it's it's like, I've got her hooked on it. We're on the final season now. Right, but what, what the original point was? What kind of what, nerd? What your nerd qualls? What are your nerd? I mean, yeah, what's what's your biggest one? You're, the biggest thing you're nerdy about? I, I'm nowhere near at the level of science fiction as you, but I mean, this, I I am deep into internet culture. I was there. I was there, Gandalf. I uh, <laughs> seriously, I, I I was I I. What was that? What was the word you invented? Uh, oh no no we can't do that. Oh, we're not doing that. <laughs> was it? I, I wrote for GameSpy way back in the day. Oh wow. Yeah. Were so you were you Goatsy? Back in the, no no I'm not responsible for that. But I am. You're not Goatsy. I am. Okay. I mean I was just <laughs> trying to find out who it was and I thought maybe it was you. Close. Early on for the marriage of two completely inappropriate words, one of which we know is you know the, the four letter you know the F word, and the other one which we don't use in polite company anymore. Oh, it's not the '90s. I know so which I, one you're talking I put about. Put those two together. And yeah, and so it, yeah, that's not Still going. That's not on my resume. <laughs> Staying off, but so no, the biggest thing you're nerdy about is internet culture. I, I mean, I, I've known uh, Rich Kanka for years. Uh, okay, from, from oh, yeah, something Dance. awful. Yeah. yeah. So I was, I was there when Moot got kicked off something awful and, and ran off to create 4chan. So oh, wow. yeah, God, that was a long time. Oh man, I missed something off on that. One. Yeah, yeah, no, you he's were a still goon. around. Yeah, oh, I was a goon, and um, yeah, Rich actually lost control of his forum recently in the last couple. Yeah, something awful is no longer his. Huh. Big drama that I tried to stay out of because I don't know enough about it. But there was something involving Kiwi Farms and like, <laughs> uh, social justice pseudo shit posting takeover and like some domestic abuse charges against his wife. It's just a big mess. That I'm like, um, I, I can't get invested in this, but I, I'm aware of it. And so, yeah, I was I was there back in the day. I was there for the um, the uh, an anonymous raid on Scientology, like Chanology that that project. We uh, we had people, we had people there <laughs> doing, doing things, and so I, I still have a Guy Fox mask. Um, yeah, so I mean, <laughs> I, I'm I am. That's the big thing you're nerdy about. I, yeah, I'm an internet. Okay, now, now sub messenger. Why don't you tell us? What you're <laughs> I guess the number one thing um, is, you know, like on like uh, you have on your smartphones now where you like you hear a song playing and you can like, yeah. yeah, and it'll say, you know, what song it is. Your phone will listen to, you know, like you're in a club and it's like, oh, man, what is this song called? And you pull up your phone and it'll yeah, listen Shazam. to it. Time. Yeah, Shazam, and Shazam yeah. whatever. I was the human Shazam for a long time. <laughs> so I'd have friends call me up from a club or from a bar or whatever and say, yeah. hey, what's this song? And like, you know, I could listen to like three to five seconds of the song and be like, oh, yeah, that is, you know, whatever nice. it is. So uh, like particularly with uh, 80s pop music, that's like my sweet spot. So like give me the start of any song. Give me like three seconds of it. I could probably tell you the, na uh, the name of the song and the artist. I almost and maybe even the year. a really, really good everybody Wing Chun tonight joke. <laughs> oh, but I well, at least back. you didn't rickroll me. were ready. That has... Apparently that yeah that, no we did a video the, the wing chunk sucks video uh because we used to have theme months it was like we had wing chunk sucks month and so we did it to <laughs> everybody have fun tonight and so there's it was cut the most strategically group in the world. oh no we're, 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 yeah we're, it's still on youtube somewhere they might have disabled the audio because but i swear i've got a copy of it somewhere but yeah it was like, like wing chunk guys doing terrible terrible demonstration of their art and you know everybody have fun tonight it was, it was Good times. I'll have to pull that up. Never going to give you a... Corey, schedule a Wing Chun episode. Oh, God. <laughs> it's actually... Do we have anyone? Do we have anyone? No, we ran them off. You yeah, because it's Ving Sun, too. There's like 50,000 Yeah, versions six different it. spellings. Because it depends on the dialect, you yeah, know, from where you're in. Like six yeah. acknowledged spellings of it. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it'd be fun to, like, just bang some bruises into your arm with a broomstick. So, yeah. That's all you really need to do is just hold your arms out. And let somebody great, hit you with a broomstick. It's I'm a, a black belt. <laughs> Call it trapping. Style for walking through your closet at, without the lights on. The light bulb burned out. You walk through your closet and you're navigating. So you don't get hit. You by pass things. all the clothes. Yeah. Coat hangers. That's a larp sow. Solving and, a big you know, life problem yeah. for me. Or or uh, play fighting with like small children or you know like 
weaker people. So you can, you, ha ha, you just, you just move your arms around. It's it's perfectly. I really hope we're being video recorded. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> need to see I what hope you we just are did. not. <laughs> uh, yeah, I still remember the forms, and but you don't know that. No, I'm, I won't admit it. <laughs> sure. All right, so I think that's actually a pretty good. That's right at an hour, right? Which is our target. Is it? About an sure. Hour. Well, yeah. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's not let them know how the sausages are made. But yeah, and so, you had to go there. Okay. And now we're we're wrapping it up, guys. We are. Uh, this is the part where we awkwardly end the podcast somehow because we're not really good at that. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. Well, we 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 all have to go closing time. So I, we're we're basically wrapped up. So yep. we we have no idea. We never end these things well. They just kind of peter out. Like the first episode, I just cut the music, and played the uh, end theme from uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Yeah, basically, over. we uh, usually just you know fade out with like uh, just yeah random some slight sobbing, like, like we're talking crying. about yeah. things like this. Or so anyway, here's Wonderwall. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was uh, it was an interesting uh, journey. Thank you so much for coming on, James. Thanks yeah, for having thank, me. Thank this you. was thank fun. You. Uh, this is good. I like this. This is a good time. Uh, you guys hit me with some curveballs. Oh man, we <laughs> didn't even talk about some of the shenanigans we got up to. So no, but yeah, I think we should do uh, maybe something like this again. I think it would be good. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. I I would uh, enjoy coming back you'd whenever a, you'd have me. Uh, uh, what's that called? Lightning round guest? Like no. you did? Yeah. Yeah, we could do. Guest. Yeah, we could do something like that. Just for a little bit. I like it. <laughs> Get uh, that's the first time we did that. Get uh, I can't believe we got <laughs> not take you over the show. I know what I'm <laughs> Invading army. We, the first time we were, we had him on a show, it ran four hours. Oh my gosh! And then, and then we all went home, and we, he we was talking. He talked. To I him talked like, to him until like two o'clock in the morning. He just kept going. It would have been the world's longest podcast if we had just published it. it will. I ran like, out of disk space. And then Goku, <laughs> Goku says, "Okay, like, come here, Vegeta." Yeah. And then he, and then that scream, he screamed for like five minutes. And then the next episode started, he was still screaming. Yeah, well, no, well, this guy is like, well, there's this one time that Frank Dukes, you know, the guy from uh, was it Bloodsport? I actually uh, followed him on a train in Germany, and I could have killed him, but you know, I didn't because I mean, well, it's illegal. But... <laughs> and then Bolo showed up, and he stopped the train. So yeah, we're all right. So I think that's a wrap. Thank you so much, guys. Okay, you ready? Three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the very next episode of the official <laughs> of the official Art of Fighting BS podcast. It's a podcast. You got to that up twice. We're selling shit. Let's try this again. Podcast.